Coursera, there's Udemy, there's edX. They have all Udemy. What do you say? Udemy, U D E M Y. Oh, I think I like Udemy better. It sounds Udemy. Like a, Udemy sounds like a great college no, to go to. No. And now, coming to you from the K2 Studios in San Diego, California, it's the world famous Chris and Christine Show. Hey, what's happening, everybody? How are you doing today? Thank you so much for listening. I am Chris. And I'm Christine, and welcome to the 85th episode of the Chris and Christine Show. Fantastic. Big 85, baby. Yeah. Are you actually going to get through this intro without busting up laughing hysterically like you have been for the last 15 minutes? <laughs> what are you talking about? I, I don't even know what's wrong with you. It's like you're the Joker or something. Like, you can't stop laughing. I get the giggles. For some you really do. I don't we, know why. Everybody, we had to restart this show 10 times <laughs> because somebody, somebody couldn't get the giggles out of him. Oh, gosh. I, I don't know why. Why are you laughing? Because I'm sitting over here pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting more pissed off by the second. And this is what I'm dealing with, everybody. <laughs> okay, okay. Calm oh, down, killer. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Take a breath. Take oh a breath. Oh my God, you're cracking me up. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know what it is that when I get mad, you laugh at me, which makes me get even angrier. <laughs> All right, now take a deep breath. I want to hear you. Take a deep breath. <sighs> Are you ready to get started with this week's oh, show? I think I am. Well, thank you for listening. And sorry about that little laughter track because. You know, uh, I, one of the things that I think about is like, a good amount of laughter helps to flood your body with endorphins. And sometimes I wonder if it's like when you yawn, how like your body's trying to get more oxygen. I wonder if when you start laughing uncontrollably like that, if it's your body's being starved for endorphins and it's like trying to get you that flood of happiness that you need. 100%. That's exactly what it is. Yes. I'm trying thank to you. Flood Dr. Of, Christine. Flood of happiness into my life or I'm trying to shade out the... Uh, I, I don't the know. The negativity. I've been a grump for the last little bit. What? I So I don't know what it is. I I have been like seriously a sloth today. You know, I have been too. I took like two naps today, which is kind of nuts. Really, I usually don't take hardly any naps really that much at all. A little bit here and there, but it's like two long ones. Yeah. I think we both have just been super exhausted. Um, Not to wear our busy badge, but I think everybody is. It's just been a lot in managing lately you know and then finishing school and like holding down everything here at the house but I passed out on the couch for several hours earlier and now that I'm officially done with school for like for real I feel like it's my body like okay it's time to go into hibernation mode and catch up on three years of lost sleep (laughs) right it's kind of like when I used to do I used to work um like years ago, I used to always say Sunday was kind of like my day of rest because that's the day I would like sleep the longest or sleep in or right. whatever the case may be because I would work, you know, so much during the week and not sleep right. a lot during the week because they say that if you, you know, skip out on sleep, eventually towards the end of the week, your body is going to want to get that those hours you skipped out on back. But I heard a thing that like once you lose sleep, you can't really get it back because it's like. You're always you, running in the negative because you can't really get your sleep fuel tank back up to normal. You can just get yourself to feeling rested, but you're always going to lose out on that sleep. No, I th- but I think though, like if you, but uh, there was a formula, there was a scientific formula. Oh, there is. Oh, of course there is. Uh huh. It's basically if like if you skip out, like say you got I don't know five hours or, or or sleep a day, by the time you got to the fifth day or the end of the week or whatever it is. You're kind of like negative on hours. So you're basically your body's going to want to try to get those hours back. So you right. can theoretically get those hours back, but you'd have to sleep like 12 hours or something on the, on the sixth day or whatever yeah. it is. So by that time, you're kind of like, um, you're kind of getting back together. But if you're so busy, a lot of people have time to do that. You know, um, yeah, but yeah. I did sleep a lot today. You went over to your parents' house and I was laying down watching Gilmore Girls and it's almost like I had taken a sleeping pill or something because I just like got into deep sleep. And next thing I know, I wake up and I had a missed text and two or three missed calls from you. And it was 545 in the evening and you left the house at like two. Right. Yeah. I said I'd be right back. I know. You said you'd be back in an hour. Well, you know, and I was over there taking a nap in their couch. I passed out (laughs) over there. But but yeah, or maybe Gilmer Girls was not a very uh, exciting show. Well, it's just that I've watched it so many times. 
But anyway, enough about that and our nap habits. What's been going on with you this week, Chris? Well, the usual grind, work and fantastic audio. And I had episode 15 I dropped out. That was pretty cool. It was actually this episode I did not have a guest. But I came across an article on the interweb about what 13 cool tips you can do with your podcast to make it sound more interesting to get uh, I sort of kind of make it cooler a cooler podcast i guess that's awesome and we also had a really cool experience just a couple of days ago we were able to chat with some people that are kind of like our heroes in the podcasting community that's right we can't really talk much about it because they asked us not to record or you know well yeah they just didn't want us to give away all the tidbits of info but we had a great conversation with the creators of clean feed that's right and if you know what clean feed is it's our platform that we use to record all of our guests that come through and we also use it for some local stuff too then we record anytime we hear us play an audio clip or a drop or a sound effect or anything like that that's all done through clean feed we use this service and we love it we think it's fantastic yeah we really do and i loved hearing the stories of both mark and mark the owner operator founder creators whatever their titles are that i'm just going to call them the real mvps um and hearing their story of really coming up with this concept of clean feed and like the thinking behind it and how it's evolved and just how great it's been an asset to the, the podcasting community, but to, I would say to any type of audio work in general. And yeah, it's just really, it was so exciting. They were just so nice. Right. Well, you know, they said that they use it for, it's been used for movie and film production. It's been right. used for radio stations around the world. It's um, it's basically, I mean, to make it simple, it's basically you can connect clean, crystal clear audio from one person to the other person live across the web in real time. Right. Which, you think about it, you know, it's almost unheard of because if you ever tried doing this stuff on your own, um, it doesn't usually seem to work out the way we think it's going to sound. Yeah. Especially new podcasters. That's why I started Podtastic Audio because when you start out, you're just like, you think, you watch a movie. Somebody have a microphone and in the movie, make it seem like it's a super clean audio or like those guys from outer space, like talking to an astronaut Mm -hmm. or whatever. And it's like super crystal clear, but really it's not, um, you know, so it's, it's, you know. Well, that was definitely a highlight and we had a great conversation. I thought that it was only going to be about an hour and the conversation ended up going almost two hours. They were just super interesting and just super, super nice guys. Oh, they are so awesome. So Yeah. And they were coming to us from London, right? Yeah, they're both in London. Yeah. That's right. And that's yeah. amazing. You know, we've had a number of different people that we've been able to connect with in the UK since we got started with this show specifically and also with Podtastic Audio. It makes me feel like we're like have our own besties or, you know, our, <laughs> our K2 fan crew um, or at least our podcasting network that's really starting to build overseas, which I never thought would happen when we started our podcast almost two years ago. I thought it was going to happen. You know really? why? Yeah, you know why? Why? Because I started it with uh, World Famous. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, because you were like speaking it into existence, right? Uh, of course I was. <laughs> and the reason why I say World Famous is because technically, first off, we are World Famous. And secondly, we are. Um, the internet is filled with the World Wide Web, which is yeah. around the world and so forth. You That's know, why it's so. actually called the World Wide Web. Who would have thought? No way. And w- hey, w- speaking, w- hey, w- hey, speaking of WWs, we got our show on the old www.chrisandchristineshow.com. Yeah, we absolutely do. And so it's just been, I think, a great week. But did anything else exciting happen for you this week, Chris? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, fill me in. Uh, give me a clue. Um, no, I'm just asking. Oh, Anything else exciting? Just uh, talking with Mark and Mark of the Clean mm-hmm. Feed crew. That was the highlight of my life, I would say. I probably, uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, these guys are like my idols. I was telling the guy at work about this. It's kind of like imagine that you have your phone, iPhone, Android, doesn't matter, and your favorite app that you have on the phone, and you use that app every single day. Now, just imagine you get to talk to the guy who made that app. Yeah. How cool would that be? Or it would even be like being able to talk to the person that invented the iPhone, like being able to sit down with Steve Jobs. Right. RIP. Yes. Right. Right. But it's like maybe Clean Feed's not as well known. It's not a household name yet. Emphasis on yet. But it was a really, really exciting opportunity that um, the individuals from the community that heard us and how much we love their show wanted to talk with us. And they thanked us for 
you know, speaking so kindly about clean feet. And it was just really an honor. It was very, very con- kind. Yeah. It was, it was, I'm still kind of getting uh, jitters thinking about the whole thing, <laughs> the whole experience we have with them. And by the way, yes, we talked to them via clean feed. Yes, we did. <laughs> it's so funny. When I was communicating back with them on an email, I was about to write, so did you want to connect via Zoom or clean feed? And I was like, don't even ask, Christine. Just <laughs> You're going to connect on clean feed, of course. Like, right. So it was all via, we didn't actually get to see them face to face, but, you know, felt like we were in the same room just because of how crisp the audio was. And they weren't even in the same room. So we had Mark with a Z and Mark with a K that were in two different locations, plus the two of us. And it was just really awesome. So, babe, do you get anything exciting, exciting news that might have happened this week in Christine's world? Uh, yeah. So I was really excited. Well, a couple of things. I got in the mail my medal and my honor cords for my third honor society that I got and well, got invited to be part of at USC. And it's the most exclusive and it's called Phi Kappa Phi. Ooh, what does Phi Kappa Phi even mean? Well, it's a worldwide honor society of people that are dedicated to the love of learning But it is pretty prestigious. You have to actually have a faculty recommendation. And I believe there's only one other for my graduating class in my specific program that was invited to be part of the Honor Society. And there's members such as Hillary Rodham Clinton and Ruth Bader Ginsburg, RIP, who have been part of Phi Kappa Phi. Are you in that same club? Yeah, I am. Wow. Yeah, it's a different chapter at USC, but it's definitely a big deal. So I get to wear that medal along with my other two from the other honor societies and honor cords that I had. And then just yesterday, I got my graduation announcements delivered in the mail. And it's it's such a big deal to be able to see my name in writing that I'm actually graduating. And I finished my last class on Thursday. This coming Thursday, we have a happy hour, just like a little party as a class. But I turned in my last official assignment. It was just a little one-page reflection So I'm officially done with school. And that's why I think I've kind of been sloth mode today is because my body's like, you're completely done now. (laughs) Well, congratulations, babe. That is fantastic. Thank you. Look at you. I am so proud of you. Every listener out there right now listening to this podcast is also very proud of you, too. Thank you. And I'm just a couple weeks away from officially getting to walk in graduation. And we got our hotel booked for my graduation weekend. We're really excited. We got... Uh, Marriott points. We love Marriott. And so um, this isn't an ad. We just love staying at Marriott hotels. And I had Marriott Bonvoy points. And so we actually get to stay in a really nice hotel right by the Staples Center in downtown LA, which is like a mile from campus. Ooh, that's going to be next month, right? Uh, yeah, it's just like two and a half weeks, three weeks away. Fantastic. And Can't so you wait. and I get to go away and, overnight and, together. And almost as important. What? I want to be on vacation that week. Yeah. So, you know, vacation, Chris, loves vacation. I know. And so we're going to get away, just a little uh, getaway for the two of us. But that whole week of May, like it's May 10th-ish, I have like three or four different ceremonies. So on May 12th, I get initiated into Phi Kappa Phi officially. May 13th in the afternoon, I have my graduation from the Rossier School of Education, which is uh, where I earned my doctorate. And that evening, I have the graduation ceremony for La Casa, which is the Latinx Student uh, Association at USC. And then on the 16th is my big graduation at the LA Coliseum. Wow, look at that. A busy day, man. I know. Busy week. Busy week. So busy you took day. the whole week off just for me, which of makes me so I happy. Did. Of course I did. <laughs> yeah. Because I love I love doing things for you, baby. And Thank I love you. I'll, I'll, t- I'll take one for the team and, oh. and I'll sacrifice <laughs> and take a week off of work. I know. Oh, I know. And oh, gosh. Life's you know, getting, rough. Getting to stay for free at an amazing hotel oh, with our points. Pity me. Oh, poor I know. thing. Yeah. Oh, horrible. <laughs> but yeah, that's what we have to look forward to. And that was an exciting week for me. But. Um, Yeah, with finishing school and everything, it's just been a really interesting time right now just thinking about, you know, what's next and stuff like that. But before we hop into what we have for this episode, uh, did you have something exciting you wanted to share with our crew? Yes, absolutely. You know, we appreciate you listening to us so much and your voice matters to us. So stay tuned to the very end of this episode. You have a very special way to have your voice heard and maybe you will get a very special surprise. Ooh, that sounds so exciting. I can't wait to hear about that. But before we get to the very end of the show, coming up right after this break, we have something that we're going to talk about related to COVID and careers. And we're going to get back to that right after this. 
Hey there, K2 crew. We love having you as our loyal listeners. To keep up to date with what's happening behind the scenes, check us out on social media. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget to follow our Facebook page. Yeah, tag us in your favorite fun stories. And guess what? You might just end up on the show. You know the one thing that will really crush a first date? And that's probably bad skin. But don't you worry. Today's episode here is presented by The Skin Store. For over 20 years, The Skin Store has been the number one destination for premium skincare, hair care, and beauty products with over 8,000 different products from 300 different brands. The Skin Store has you covered for all your hair, cosmetics, supplements, and of course, skincare needs. Find your favorite brands like Elta MD, New Face, Olaplex, and all in one place with gifts with every purchase. Well, check that out. Right now, the Skin Store is offering our listeners 20% off your next purchase. What? 20% off? I can use 20% off by using the code POD. That's code POD. P-O-D for 20% off your next purchase at theskinstore.com slash pod.list. Skin Store, have the confidence to tackle the day ahead. Some exclusions may apply. And welcome back, everybody. Instead of a VIP guest coming from outside of the studio, you get your favorite two VIP guests right here who, in the who studio. Who are they? Who are, who are they, baby? Uh, you and me. Wow. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, we have a special episode as we know that so many people are starting to emerge back into the real world after the COVID world and starting to, you know, get back to a little bit of normalcy. We wanted to shed some light on why people might be deciding to make moves in terms of their career. Right, Chris? After last year, you're talking, right? Yeah, like after the last 13 months. Oh, 2020. What a joyful year it was. Yeah, in the first part of 2021. Uh, But we're going to start off with talking about a CNBC article that was published, and it was titled, Millennials and Gen Z are job hopping, but contrary to popular belief, maybe not enough. And so we're going to talk about some of the careers or the trends that we're starting to see in people making career moves. That sound good to you, Chris? It does sound pretty good to me. Now, now you're, are you saying that they're not jumping as much as they should be jumping to jobs? Well, that's what this article is saying, but let's dig into it. So the beginning of this article says that workers have been job hopping in the hopes of attaining better pay and career mobility in the uncertain COVID-19 economy. And it's a trend that millennials and Gen Z are expected to dominate again in 2021. So uh, according to this article by CNBC, one in four workers, so 25%, plan to switch jobs this year, which is an increased pace compared to last year, of course, with COVID. Right. And uh, the one in five workers who switched jobs last year, 33% of them are Gen Z and 25% are millennials. So then Gallup identifies that millennials are the most likely among all of the generations to switch careers and says that... As many as six in 10 millennials are open to new job opportunities right now. But uh, it's interesting because what it's saying is this happens in every generation. And I just wonder why it's being highlighted as if it's something new right now. So so you're saying that the generation today is not changing jobs as much as the generation behind it. Or the generations before them. So like the boomers and everything. So it's interesting. I know that boomers traditionally would land a job and they stay with it forever and they would just retire. Do you think that's the truth? I, I Yeah, that's kind of the way I've always was raised was that you'd get a good career, whether it's a plumber, whatever the job could be. You get in with a good company. Usually it's union, right? You get right. a good union job and you have your pension and you have all your benefits and stuff like that. And you stay with them and then you retire from that company. And that's usually what I've been raised. That's why you, how you do it. So, But that's interesting because this article is saying that actually millennials are job hopping at a slower rate than their previous generational counterparts at the same age. So what they're saying is that everybody does this when they're at this age of being in their 20s and 30s, but millennials are actually doing it at a slower rate. But has that been your experience of what you've observed? Um, No, I've seen a lot of people change around. I mean, in my career, people do flip-flop a lot too and stuff like that. And and I've seen it happen and it's been kind of hard. I mean, if you don't know, I am a driver for a gasoline tanker company and 
um, the industry has been hit hard with not a lot of people that are qualified to actually drive the trucks. They still need trucks and people on the latter half, the older guys, have been retiring. So when they retire, they got to bring new recruits in. And the problem has been that being a driver has not been a very glamorous job. Right. And a lot of uh, millennials and was it Gen Z, the one below millennials? Yeah. Gen Zers, then that's not even what they want to do. They don't want to do that. Why Dri- is that though? I well, I think when they think of driving, they probably think of like Uber Eats or Uber drivers or things like that. Right. But to get to this level level that I'm at, it's a lot more work, a lot more schooling, a lot more dedication. It's a bigger vehicle. A lot of them uh, starting out will send you over the road cross country, and, and a lot of people don't want to do that. I don't right. want to do that. A lot of people don't want to do that. And it definitely impacts your social life, right? Oh, 100%. It, it totally does. So, um, like I said, they don't want to do that stuff. Yeah. Well, the article goes on to say that across the board, younger people, including those in their 30s and 40s, are more likely to switch jobs and take risks compared to older workers who are more established in their careers. Uh, but it goes on to say that with the worst of the pandemic behind the United States and with accelerated vaccine rollouts, People foresee a reopening of industries like retail and air travel. So they're willing to take that risk and jump into new jobs because they don't feel like they're going to be the first one to go in a layoff. I think that people are starting to see that as everything's starting to reopen, they're not going to be in as much of a risk as we were in like maybe March of 2020, where you don't want to get a new job because everything's closing down and you could be the first one to go and then you're out, out of luck, Chuck. That is very true. But I think, too, is like I know know you said that the uh, hospitality and like the uh, restaurant services and things like that are the ones that really took the big hit last year. Right. And they are just the last one. They were the first ones to close and the last ones to reopen, at least Mm -hmm. here in California. I can't speak on other states, but in California, they are the ones getting hit the hardest. Mm -hmm. And even restaurants that have opened up, they're like, what, 25 percent capacity. Yeah. And 25, 50. Yeah. Right. And all that that. stuff. But we were at dinner tonight. And one thing I did notice right on the front door of that restaurant, I did say we are hiring. Yeah. I actually saw four signs while we were on our way. And like Jack in the Box had a huge like uh, one of those plastic vinyl banners out on the street corner saying we are now hiring. And I've gone to McDonald's and they've had signs that say um, walk in interviews like you can walk in, apply and get an interview on the spot. Wow. And a lot of it is food service industry. But what's interesting and that kind of relates to this next point in the article is that it says that younger seekers are not only seeking job mobility, but they're also looking for flexible and remote work schedules, a need that's come to the forefront amid COVID-19. And many younger workers are also incorporating skills training to market themselves as more competitive candidates. And so what it makes me think of is it's like the food industry, hospitality industry doesn't really lend itself to remote work. It does not. Those are grounded. Like, I was thinking about that tonight. Like it's what 2020 has taught us anything it's that we can all rework remotely via Zoom or whatever tool you use, use right. Zoom, and you can be anywhere in the world and you can work anywhere you want for any company as long as it's an office job. Right. If it's not an office job, like it's an actual chef, chef job or warehouse type job, you physically have to be at a location to pull those off. So those are the ones, especially the food food business. Right, like food services. Which mm-hmm. I was kind of wondering why those got hit so hard because you think that people still need to eat. You know, right. But people don't necessarily have to go out to eat. And then if you think about from a worker perspective, a lot of new provisions have been put in place for those that are servers. So they have to wear their masks nonstop. They have to have all of these other safety precautions in place, you know, hand washing, glove wearing, um, still keeping distancing from whoever they're serving. And then the risk of contracting COVID when you're working in a restaurant is higher because you're in contact with people and food and saliva. But it's just interesting that this post-pandemic shift is kind of changing the way that young workers are wanting to like go out and find jobs. They're looking for more flexibility. And then the article goes on to say that not only are younger workers uh, wanting that mobility, but they're also really sensitive to recognition and feedback. So if they're feeling that in their organization, they're getting a lack of recognition for like a job well done... Um, or transparent feedback on how they can improve from their supervisors, it's leading them to feel undervalued. And ultimately, they'll choose to move to a company that offers that for them. I see it all the time. I see it in my 
industry, there's only a handful of, of companies in town that do the gasoline transport. Uh-huh. I have my, my company gets one of them. And what I've noticed over the years and my whole years doing this, you would see a driver work for one company with one mm-hmm. uniform. And then the next week, you'll see him in a different truck with a different uniform. <laughs> and you're like, what happened? He flipped over to the you, it, it flip flops. They happen so much and they're getting so competitive now to where, I mean, every company pretty much offers roughly the same amount of pay it's not not exact but it's roughly the same uh one may offer benefits one may offer better trucks one may offer you can have weekends off here or something or whatever schedule or right. things like that but but I, I noticed it i think when you're in this industry and since it's a small market for the most part people do seem to stay here and they just want to flip-flop between it's essentially the same co- same type of company. Yeah, but I think this is going a little bit deeper than that because it's saying that people want to feel valued. They want to have recognition and not just like like you just recently had your 10-year anniversary at work and you were able to pick a prize from a catalog. But I think this is not about like the carrot that you dangle in front of someone. It's the you know, recognizing hard work. Like say, Chris, like you were top-tier driver recently because you were a top tier driver, you got recognition amongst your peers for being a top tier driver or like having zero, um, what was it called? Camera incidents? Or any kind of incident really. For right. Matter, yeah. But it's not even like having to get some kind of a prize. But, you know, having your boss be able to call you out and be like, hey, Chris, I really appreciated your contributions in the staff meeting today. And maybe it's different from your industry. But in my industry, you know, getting affirmation, um, having a boss say, you know, I really appreciated your contributions to this project. Um, because of that, I would really love for you to be on this really highly visible project. And in the absence of that, people start to feel like they're invisible, like right, and especially th- when we're working remotely. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, that's that is true. Uh, what I was saying is too is that like I think that people they get kind of like stuck at like a ceiling and they feel like yes. they're, they're kind of capped out wherever they're at. They're capped. They can't. They can't pursue. Like they're 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 at wherever they can go if, as high as they can go in their career without totally changing their career. Right. But I think if you're a millennial, you're usually at the you're still. I mean, some millennials are older. You're older. You're a millennial. You're a little older now. Right. But when I think of millennials, I think of younger kids for some reason. But say say younger people. Say, yeah, because I'm like the first year, and not that I identify as a millennial, but according to the definition, right, I am. Right. Right. And you think you are, so we'll just say we both are. Okay, sure. Why not? <laughs> but I'm saying the younger, say people in their 20s or whatever, right? They're usually in your 20s. You're kind of starting your career, whatever it may be. Usually by 30s, you usually kind of get your foot in the door, whatever that direction is going to be for yeah, the most part. I guess. So what I'm saying is that people in their 20s, they are probably more prone to flip-flopping jobs because they're still kind of at the starting stage of what they really want to do. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is I heard a while back that when it comes to millennials in the job market... They're not looking like our parents were for a clearly defined promotional pathway. And that was called the career ladder. Instead, it's a career lattice. What? I don't know if you've ever seen lattice. It's like the stuff that Uh, Ivy grows on. Oh, I know. You put that on your salad. No, that's lettuce. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No, but lattice, it's like it has, um, it's not linear. It's like stepping side to side to side. And kind of in a different pattern to be able to move up. And that oh, might like mean, those uh, zigzag trails up, up the mountain. Kind of. Those are called, yeah, switchbacks. Switchbacks, yeah. Kind of like that. But this one is like you're moving slightly up and over. So you might move to a lateral position in a different company, but they might have a greater p- opportunity oh, for growth. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what um, this article then goes on to say is, you know, whereas switching jobs and switching employers used to be a red flag, like you wouldn't want to put things on your resume that you'd only worked somewhere for two years. It's actually not as much of a red flag anymore. Really? And what they're saying is that the p- pandemic is actually destigmatizing job ho- job hopping. And so it's not looked at as negatively. And that's interesting because I was uh, talking with one of my friends who has been a stay-at-home mom for a number of years and did stuff like Uber Eats and things like that for the last couple of years and hasn't done anything for a year and a half and was like, well, are they going to look at me as like, I haven't done anything and like not give me a job? And I was like, no, there's like 
so many people in the country right now that have been without work for a year and a half. You're not alone. There's I, no you know, stigma. I, you know, I guess one thing you always do when you go to a job interview and they have your resume laid out mm-hmm. and you have one thing I was always told when you have your resume, make sure you have absolutely zero gaps yeah. in your resume. Even if there is a gap, you just you just fill it in with something else. Right. Like um, you were studying or something or, or schooling or studying or right. something. I mean, but, but I guess on this on today's world, you would probably just write the word uh, COVID. <laughs> COVID, yeah. COVID uh, break or COVID uh, loss or something like yeah. that for that for that gap. But I, I always had my resume laid out and I had every year covered this year to that year and every spot was covered with a with I did this job from this year to that year. Right. This year. And there was never any blank spaces at all. Yeah. Like, and if there was a little bit of overlap, it is okay. I mm-hmm. mean, it's like still year to year or whatever. Um, but I but I never was ever out of work that long, mm-hmm. maybe a couple of months, but not that long where it's like a whole entire year of a gap like 2020. It's going to be a 2020 and like a big blank space <laughs> yeah. on, on what you did that but year. It's, it's destigmatizing job hopping because so many people have been out of work that when you go in for a new job, it's almost understood that you might be looking for something different. And, you know, you can't be asked why you left your previous employer. That's not allowed. It's not. They no. ask me that. Well, no, like um, what happened? They can't really ask you that. Um, really? Right. Since, since when that law come into place? Um, well, probably since you were last asked. It, but, <laughs> okay. Um, but they can, you know, when people see those gaps or that gap for the year and a half or that you're looking for a new type of work, it's a little bit more understood now because a lot of people are reevaluating their work life and their home life and. I was going to tell you when you're talking about job gaps, funny little story. Uh, Almost two years ago now, I was in the final round for a superintendent position. And I remember sitting with the school board during my interview and uh, they looked at my resume and they said, "Um, can you please explain this gap in your work experience between uh, December 2004 and January 2005? And I just looked at the individual and I was like, excuse me? And they said, well, you have a gap between December 2004 and January 2005. And I just said, no. Those months said thank you. I just said, no, um, I'm sorry. Just to clarify, um, I left one job on the last working day of December and I began the new one on the first working day of January. So there was no gap. And it was so funny because it's interesting that you say like I could have just easily said, one job ended in January 2005 and the other one started in January 2005. But because they saw that, they thought that there was an actual year-long gap. <laughs> really? Yeah. Funny, huh? Yeah. Or or you could just not put in the actual uh, months and just say, uh, I was here this year. In my line year. of work, you have to put the months Oh, in you here. do? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on your resume. Well, I mean, I guess you probably should. I mean, right. don't, don't listen to me, kids. But uh, I, I mean, <laughs> I would I would just leave the put the year in. Like, say you work from 2005 to 2010. You write that down. It doesn't have to be you left in January of 2010. Right. It could just be 2010. And then your new job started, say, 2010. It could be December. Yeah. It means you're off an entire year. But to be 2010 December right. to present. Well, what do you think, Chris, about people that are switching jobs now as we're emerging from COVID? Like, do you think that it's a good or a bad thing? Just give me your you thoughts. You know, I think it's a very scary thing. It's always a very scary thing to switch jobs, no matter, right. no matter what time of year it is. You always say, like, oh, I'm going to switch careers. Like, just hypothetically, say you're going to switch a career. You always think that, like, the best time to do it is when you are working, but that's also. The time that you don't really want to do it because you already got your foot, you're already working. Right. And well established. Right. It's hard to take a risk on something. Um, The easiest time to really do it is when you're out of work because then you don't have a job (laughs) because then you're looking for a new job or any job. So you're just like anything will do. But do you think that in that case that people settle for something that's not quite the the right thing for them? Of course they do. Everybody, when you're desperate, trust me, I've been there. You get you will settle for whatever comes your way, whatever door opens, uh, especially after application after application and months. You were just like, well, it will will it do. It'll do. Let's just get my feet back in there. It makes me think of dating. Like when you've been out of the groove of dating for so long or you become desperate in your dating life, sometimes you're like swiping on anything that comes your way and you're just kind of willing to settle versus holding out for what you really want that's going to make you happy. And sometimes there's a lot of anxiety that goes along with that. Like, you know, if you're staying with an employer and maybe you're not fully satisfied and you're like, well, I just want to get out of here, but you don't have something lined up. That's well, first of all, it's not wise <laughs> to, you know, leave completely without a backup plan. Um, 
but and I'm not saying that's like dating because you don't want to be dating one girl. But anyways, back to my scenario is you also don't want to jump into something with an employer uh, if it isn't completely the right fit for you career-wise if you've got a good thing going for you right now. You have that freedom. But like Chris is saying, if you're out of work, there's a little bit more urgency. And sometimes you do get to a point of desperation. And you also have that flexibility that you really don't have while you're working. They say right. People used to always say that it's easier to what find people? A, uh, the people, the, <laughs> the people of the people. Yeah, they're people of the country. Okay, the people. the people used to say that it's always easier to find a job or land a job while you have a job. But I always said just the opposite was that it was easier to find a job when you had no job because you weren't busily working at your current job to go find a job. So it's like, but is how- it the right job if you're well okay. like out of work and you're looking for what the right job is? And I think that's what this article is talking about. Is so many people are looking for. The, a right fit for them with you know whatever it is more flexibility more benefits more security more promotional opportunity do you think it's wiser for a person to quit their job they're in right now and go look for it or stay put well i i would say first off don't quit anything until <laughs> you have something else lined up yes it's, it's like selling a house if we were going to sell this house for example i would not sell this house unless we had a place to live in really after, after we sold it even if somebody offered us like two hundred thousand dollars over asking price even, you couldn't live in an apartment for a couple months? Well, that's the thing. An apartment. You okay. didn't say that. What I'm talking about <laughs> is going living in the car or the truck. Or sure, what. why not? <laughs> okay. But I'm saying you have to have a place. Back pl- to the residence in. <laughs> right. You have to have a place lined up. Like a, a, when you when you leave a company, you need a job lined up on the other end when you make that jump. Right. You wouldn't just jump into nothing. Some people do. Some people decide to become bums. I right. get that. Whatever. You do whatever you want to do. Right. You know, but uh, back to your saying about the uh, dating thing, I was going to say really quick. I remember had thought of this, is that people always to say is that uh, nobody's ugly at 2 a.m. <laughs> that's so inappropriate. <laughs> at the uh, closing time of the bar. Well, and that's kind of true is like when you're at your point of desperation when it comes to a job, sometimes you just have to take something to earn a paycheck. But what this is talking about is those individuals that are in a line of work that are looking not just for a career or a job change, but a career move. And so when we come back after this, we're going to talk about that. If you are thinking of making a career move, What are those steps that you might want to follow to get yourself well-prepared? Right, Chris? Absolutely. We'll be right back after this. The Podbreed Network is strictly for the small podcasts that are up and coming in the vast world of podcasting. Podbreed is made up of many diverse podcasts coming together to achieve the same goal of being the best damn podcast network on the planet. Find out more at podbreed.com. So, Chris, I know we were just talking about career changes, and I'm sure that after hearing all of that, you're probably wondering what the best way is to pursue a career change as we emerge from COVID. So, ta-da! I found another great article that provides us with the seven smart steps to successful COVID-19 pandemic career change. And step number one is get a lottery ticket <laughs> and scratch it off and pray and pray a lot and no. say, please, I want the millions. No. Step one is to brainstorm and self-inventory. So what the article says is that if you're thinking of a career change, the first thing is before you make a move to start brainstorming. What have you done, including paid and unpaid work, volunteer stuff, hobbies that get your creative juices flowing, um, and then make a list of all of your skills and interests, capabilities, licenses. And if you're really struggling to articulate these things, You can go online and find something like the Myers-Briggs test, and um, it's called the MBTI or the DISC. And what these things are are career exploration assessments to help you really figure out what is it that you want to do and what are your strengths. How does that even work? It's like an exam you take out. You like ask you basic questions. You say, do you like playing with blocks? Okay, yes, check. No. Uh, Do you like driving cars? Yes, check. No. Do you you like driving trucks? Check. No, it'll ask you things like about how you interact with people, like whether you're – it won't say are you an introvert or extrovert, but it asks you different questions about like – um, do you find that you get more energy when you're surrounded by, by people versus when you're able to work alone? Um, do you find yourself motivated by tasks where you're able to engage in writing um, versus um, technical mathematical stuff? And so what it does is through a series of questions helps you identify domains of interest. So it doesn't say on the top, what is it want to, you want to be when you grow up? No. <laughs> on the top of the thing. No, but I've used these before and we use them in high school and in college with different individuals to help them, especially if they're lost and they're like, my major is undeclared or you have kids that are like, 
8th, 9th, and 10th grade that have no idea what types of careers are out there, but they're well used for adults too when you know, a lot of people get into their 30s and they kind of have this mid-career crisis where they're like, I don't find joy or passion in what I'm doing. What is it that would really, you know, bring me joy? And so they have to go through something like this and it's not always easy to find it on your own. So you can lean on an assessment. Well, that is fantastic. That's awesome news, baby. Yeah. And so step two is called inquiry and exploration. So you could be, well, first of all, before I even say this, if you don't have a LinkedIn profile, get one. Wait, first off, for those who don't know, like myself, what is LinkedIn? It's like Facebook or something? For professional networking, LinkedIn is a professional networking site where you can set up a profile and you can list all of your skills and your different types of positions you've held. And what it does is it helps to connect you with individuals that have similar experiences. But you can also list if you're open for work and recruiters can see you and can you know check out your profile. They can invite you to meet with them. You can just start building your network. When I got on LinkedIn, I had a really small network and I didn't really use my profile very well. But now I have over 800 connections. What? No yeah. way. And there are people that are really amazing from all around the world. But um, before you, you know, go into just working on your profile, you can search on LinkedIn and find thousands of professionals and like CEOs to, and find out how they got where they are today. So one of the great things through LinkedIn is you can inbox people. Like you can send them a message and something like, um, hey, you know, I've seen your career path. It's very inspirational. Would you be willing to chat with me about what it took? And you might get a whole lot of no's, but you can still inquire and you can explore. You can look at people's profiles and you can see what their pathway was because they list their past jobs. And so you could see like, if somebody went from, you know, an intern at a specific office and then became an engineer and you could reach out to them and say, hey, I'm really curious. Did you go to school for this? How did you get your foot in the door? And you'll be really surprised at who you can find in that way. No way. That's fantastic. That's good. Yeah. It's LinkedIn thing, huh? Yeah. That's how wow. I ended up getting partnered up with my writing partner, Dr. Uh, Daryl Burrell, who lives out in Virginia. And he reached out to me. I post or I commented on one of his posts on LinkedIn. He looked at my profile, saw that we have similar interests, and asked me if I wanted to partner with him on some research. And we got published together. We've had, I think, three, and we're on our fourth publication. Yeah. And I've never met him in person, but he's become a very good friend to me and a mentor. That is fantastic. Now, could this work for other things other than careers? Could you do this for, like, podcasting, for example? Um, Yeah, it's not so much because LinkedIn really is a professional site. And people will tell you to, like, keep it professional. So if people post things what? that are Wait, like... Is there, like, a monitor that monitors? No, it's thing? just... It's because everybody is a professional on there. If they see a post that's like, oh, you know, um, I don't know. Like, I look at my makeup tutorial video and, you know, something like TikTok-ish. They'll be like, um, this, please keep it professional. This is for professional stuff. You don't want your feed being plugged up with junk. Yeah, t- keep that on TikTok and Twitter yeah. and Facebook for that kind of stuff. Yeah, but you can explore. There's lots of different groups on LinkedIn. And maybe there is a podcaster's group, but... Um, Then the step three, this is the one we were talking about before, evaluate your finances and the deal breakers. So if you're thinking of starting a business or going in a new direction career-wise, it may require some startup cash. You might have to take a pay cut or some kind of sacrifice of time or money. You have to be able to decide what your non-negotiables are, Um, things all the way from COVID safety precautions to commute times. Yeah. So well, if you like, well, go ahead. Speaking with commute times, I know a lot of people will figure out how to work from home remotely. So commuting was kind of one of those things for well, most jobs that were office jobs, like yourself included, were all done from home. So commuting was kind of like not a big factor, I think, as right. far as in 2020 goes. Going to the future, we do not know. I think everybody might be going back to work or half and half or some hybrid version of right. that. It all depends on your job. And I know that some people live in the rural country, the rural part of the city. They have to commute pretty far to work. Right. Um, luckily, we don't have to commute that far. It's like, what, But maybe, minutes? like, I might be presented with a position that would be asking me to commute. Um, and I know there's a lot of things that I'm interested in that are based in, like, Sacramento. And so that question comes, well, would we relocate? Would I travel up there a couple of times a week? And how would you feel about that, Chris, if I was flying back and forth twice a week to Sacramento? Well, that's better than driving twice a week to Sacramento. But if <laughs> you think about it, you know, parking costs, flight costs, is the work going to cover my commute? 
all of those kinds of things come into play. Yeah, I was kind of thinking as you mentioned that because in my company, uh, we have an off, we have terminals in the LA and in the Riverside community area. And if you know anything about Los Angeles and the Los Angeles housing prices, mm-hmm. they are pretty astronomical. High. Yeah. yeah, they're pretty high. And I know that in the surrounding areas, the more east you go in the Riverside County area and that type of the part of the mm-hmm. part of the region, the houses are like half the price. Right. So what people would do, a lot of the people I work with, uh, they would commute, they would live in those other areas. Like nobody work nobody who works in the LA area lives in LA. They all live in the outskirts of which is a good hefty drive. It's like Gosh, I think it's probably an hour one right. way. That's without that's without, right, without traffic. Without traffic, which could be five hours. <laughs> right. I mean, going one way in and one way out. So, like, imagine that you live out there, but you could buy a house for half the price. Right. But I mean, but that goes with any area, and that's the thing you have to think about: is that is it worth the drive, even right. though you may make a little more money, but driving so far, living so far away. You might make a little more money. Uh, you know, it's it's right. a trade-off. It's a trade-off, and you have to be able to consider that, and you have to know what your your deal breakers or your non-negotiables are. And then step four is it says newly targeted career marketing collateral, and that sounds really wordy. But what it's saying is you've got to get buy-in from others on this career move and how qualified you would be for different roles. And that means you need to update your resume. They call that marketing collateral. You know, I heard it's every uh, so many years. What is the rule on the, of the years of updating a resume? I don't know. I update my resume every month. Oh, wow. Excuse me. <laughs> I do because Whoa. there's new, well, there's new publications that I'm publishing. Um, oh, okay, there's new okay, certifications yeah. and honors that I have to put on there. Um, I'm always refining the language on there so it sounds more and more professional. And I'm constantly looking through it. And actually, one of my girlfriends and I, we get together and we talk about what's on our resume and what should or shouldn't be there. And through terms like I used to put things like participated in a group that led da 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 versus spearheaded or uh, led or drove an initiative, you know, kind of changing the language. Because that helps to have buy-in for like what kind of a professional you are. And then so as just as you're you're marketing yourself better through updating your resume, the same comes for your LinkedIn profile. So if you're marketing yourself to others on LinkedIn, then you want to make sure that your profile is up to date. Choose a really nice headshot, uh, like a professional looking on your headshot. Resume? On your resume? No, no, no. I said on LinkedIn. Okay, okay. A professional headshot. Make sure that you dial in your headlines. And that that really speaks to who you are so that you get to your target market. And I know you were just talking about target marketing on your podcast, on Podtastic Audio, when you were talking about like content development. target audience. Right. You think about it the same way is as you're developing your resume and your LinkedIn profile, you're really trying to attract your target audience to you. Or your target potential jobs. Right. Well, that's your target audience. Your target audience is, you know, future... Um, employers, right? But the truth is, I I would update my resume when I was in the job hunt, and uh, when I was out of work, of course, you hit the resume, you dust it off, and you refine it and repolish it and add the things you did the last five six years. And I haven't updated it since I got the job today. What? I haven't updated. Well, babe, I didn't need it. I mean, I you had- always should keep your resume up to date. That's what I was trying to find out because I had I updated it ten years ago or whatever <sighs> it's been. And that's honey, what I- am I going to do? With well, you? I'll make a new one. I, if I got- yes, you should always keep a resume. Up I don't know to if date. I haven't. Like, computer i gotta find it if it's oh, in there gosh <laughs> i will take a look at it and and you need to be clean you know don't put it on scented paper don't uh scented paper scented paper don't put cartoons or oh, bitmojis bit remember emoji. we talked about that on our first episode my, my was covered with bitmojis <laughs> i had i had the heart eyes one no you didn't across the top of it it makes me think of the um what is it uh legally blonde where she hands in her resume to her professor for uh internship and he's like what what is that your your resume is pink and she goes Yep. And it's scented. I think it adds a little something. <laughs> Don't make it scented. I, I, say, I say go right ahead. <laughs> I say it's wonderful. Please do. I put a bow on it too. While yeah, you're absolutely. It. Okay. Well, step five is networking and learning. And so don't underestimate the power of networking as being vital to a successful career move. Um, and you have to seek out individuals that are serving in those roles. And I know that that can seem a bit daunting when we're in a COVID world and people aren't necessarily in person. But I will tell you, I have seen so many online networking opportunities for people professionally posted on LinkedIn. Um, Definitely connect with your university if you went to college and see what types of alumni associations they have. 
a lot of career organizations through universities have like networking opportunities and there's so many virtual career fairs. So there really is no excuse. Like um, I just sometimes put my resume into those job search things, not because I'm looking for a job, but because I really like meeting interesting people. I think now with like 2020, the whole Zoom thing and the whole right. uh, everything and now social media has exploded. This whole thing called social media. Maybe you've heard right. of it. It's like so wild. You can talk to anybody anywhere in the world anytime. And now I just found out tonight. Crazy thing is I guess Twitter just came out with their Twitter spaces. Yes, exactly. Which is their version of the Clubhouse app, which I never was able to get into that stupid thing anyways. Right. But on there. There, you have different groups you can join of people with different interests. And so I know you're going to learn more about that. But imagine, I mean, get in on that beta version, people. You can get into Twitter, find a whole new network of individuals in the industry you're interested in. And instead of just being on these Twitter strings where you're replying to other people, you can actually have conversations with them physical conversations i mean it's it's uh and of course with zoom of course you actually can have meetings and zoom is pretty right a pretty powerful tool because because christine uses it all the time but not only can you talk face to face you can actually pull up a workflow right and share that workflow with another individual across the world right and in real time you guys can be working on the same document yeah, absolutely. That's, that's mind-blowing. I never thought this would happen. Yeah, I mean, between Google, the Google Suite, Google Docs, and all of that, you can definitely really work on your network. Uh, step six means closing the gap by learning the lingo. And so what it's talking about here is that every job, every career has its own specific language. Like I know in your transportation industry, Chris, you have specific lingo. In education, we have a very context-specific acronyms and terms and ways that we speak about things. And if you're looking at getting into that career, you want to get to know what that lingo is. Or or just fake it till you make it, no. baby. Well, one of the things I'm doing right now, not that I'm looking for a career move, is I know that one of my areas that I'm not as strong in is school business and school finance. And I've really been working on closing that gap. And so I've been taking online courses to continue my education to be able to learn uh, accounting lingo and like financial documentation and auditing and those types of things because I need to learn the language. And it's going to better your career. It's actually going to help, help you out. It's not something that you're going to do for fun on the side. It's got going to go nowhere. Right. Like I'm under, building my like, vocabulary. Like though. underwater basket weaving. <laughs> you know? But that's the thing is there's so many resources. There's Cor- Coursera. There's Udemy. There's edX. They have all... Udemy? What do you say? Udemy. U-D-E-M-Y. Oh, I think I like Udemy better. It sounds Udemy. Like a, Udemy sounds like a great college no, to go to. No, Udemy. U-D-E-M-Y. And edX. And there's a lot of other types of online learning platforms with free courses where you can just audit them just so that you can learn the lingo and you know, practice some of it and that it's just a really good tool. Yeah, it's, it's good to really kind of like keep your keep yourself focused on, on maybe potentially if you're going to change, you want to kind of have those skill sets ready to go so that you do if you do right. potentially land an interview that they'll ask you is like, why should I hire you? And you can drop the ball like I know this. I know that. And right. I know. And you can drop big terms, big, big slang terms. As long it. as you know how to use them and you're not faking it. Hey, 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 fake it till you make it. All right. That's all I always say. Yeah. So, so you, once you get in, as long as you get in, they hire you, you get that first paycheck, you're set. Oh Dude, my don't, gosh. Don't worry you're about. too much. You're too much. Okay. And then step seven, the last step that's outlined here on making that career move is test the waters before you launch out. So maybe you're not sure whether or not you're ready to leave the nest, little birdie, if you've been comfortable in your current career. You can test the waters so you can get out and start networking and see what types of jobs are available and, you know, put your resume out and, you know, talk with other people that are in that role. Maybe even seek volunteer or like evening fellowship types of opportunities, anything like that to just get a real insight into if this is the right fit for you. Maybe you'll figure out after checking it all out that you're actually really happy in your current job and maybe you'll realize that your passions lay other where other places, but at least you've tested it out before you just go full bore into it. So you say testing the waters. Are you talking like, say, for example, you know a buddy that's a plumber, right? And he works right. for this company. You're like, hey, how was it like working there? And just asking, uh-huh. that, like, just at, not so much like going to work with a dude, but just kind of asking the guy like, well, 
do you love what's your day to day? What's it really like? Yeah. You know, it's funny you say it because I get people come to me all the time when I'm working right. I'm at the station doing deliveries and they'll ask me what's it like or do you like doing it or whatever. Ask questions like that. I don't get them as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. I used to get somebody seemed like every day would ask me, are you guys hiring or how yeah. do they get in and stuff like that. But uh, I get some of those once in a while. Yeah. And, I, and I'll try to be I, I'll be very honest. I'm a very honest guy. So I'm very honest with people. You know, I don't right. try to sugar, sugarcoat anything like, oh, it's all rainbows and sunshine yeah. over here. Come on in. We all we, everybody gets gets a mint on their pillow and <laughs> we get, all get free coffees and uh, we do free coffee. We get free uh, free money floating around. Right. The boss comes in and tosses money in the air no. and, and says, you all go home. No, it's not like that. No, but that's exactly what it's talking about is if you're not sure and you're making a pretty big move and you're just feeling a little insecure about whether or not it's the right time for that. Find somebody that's in the field and, you know, take them out for coffee if you're vaccinated or comfortable meeting in person or have a Zoom coffee date or happy hour day and just just chat with them. I've been doing that a lot, not necessarily because I'm looking for a job, but I always try to keep relevant. And I think it's really important because what it does for me right now is it reassures me that I'm in the right place for right now. And then it also lets me know what is available so that if I was to think of making that step later, I'm able to build my skills so that nothing's out of my reach. And you can call, hopefully, if you networked, like we said earlier, with somebody, you have friends around the world at this point. You can make friends around the world now. So it's easy to do that. And if if there was an opportunity in, say, Cleveland or whatever town you can Mm -hmm. think of, that, that was random. Cleveland. I, I okay. know. I'm thinking like it's like middle America. <laughs> yeah. So you think think Cleveland or whatever, and you think, well, there's an. I know somebody over there. They maybe get me in in this company or something like right. that or whatever, because you know they already live there or whatever the case may be. So it's kind of a nice little uh, skill set to have. Not only you have a good skill set, but you also have friends around the world to be able to help you out. Yeah, exactly. And I know that that's one of the things that this podcast has helped us to do is as we've interviewed people, I think that. It's also allowed us like I've been able to ask some very personal questions about like my own journey when we've met with authors who've written a book and I've thought about, well, what if I was to go and write a book? I asked them, well, what does it take in? Like, what are those strategies? What are the steps? Or, you know, if people are consultants or relationship coaches or whatever it is that your interest is, you know, you could definitely listen to our back episodes because I know that we have a bunch of them from people all across industry, but also If there is an industry that you haven't heard and you want to hear more about it and maybe you don't have that person in your network, send us an email through the chrisandchristineshow.com webpage and we'll see if we can find somebody like that to feature on our show. Right, Chris? Absolutely. You know, so that brings me to our big main little tease we did earlier. So as you might remember, I don't know how long you've been listening to our show. Forever. First off, thank you for listening, by the way. About a year ago, right around a year ago. maybe. Yeah, right about a year ago. We decided to launch our very first podcasting survey. Yeah, listener and survey. Listener survey is what it is. Basically, it's a questionnaire that you would fill out. We have a link to it. You click on the link, you fill it out. And what that did is it gave us ideas of, first off, who you are, what you like, what mm-hmm. you like about our show, what ideas and uh, tips that you're giving us, things we can do to improve our show. Right. And as... As a little nice little carrot for you guys helping us out, <laughs> we decided to give you an Amazon gift card. Well, the per one of the per- one person, yeah, one person at random, an Amazon gift card. So we are officially doing this one more time Woo-hoo! for year number two because year number two comes up this summer. Yes. So we're a little early, but right now I have the official Chris and Christine show podcasting survey listener Ooh. survey and when you fill it out your email will get be selected to be put into a drawing because it is year number two we are doubling the prize Ooh, you five thousand uh you'll be my lawyer on that <laughs> let me let me ask joe the lawyer to see if that's cool if we can do that <laughs> financing department no what we're gonna do is this year if you fill out the survey and put down your name or your email in the survey it'll go into a random spinner machine the random uh generator we call it uh-huh and you will be picked out to win a 50 dollar amazon gift card Woohoo! can i enter from us no uh, uh <laughs> co-hosts may not apply <laughs> it says the fine print co-hosts oh. are not eligible but we really but family have- is Yes, family is. We are friends really, are friends are anybody listening. Uh, we encourage you to fill out the survey and please, 
please sir, fill it out honestly too. Yeah. We try to make this thing very simple for you to fill out. It's only maybe five or six questions. I don't yeah. even know. I, I, it's very short, very simple. But we do analyze the results and we look at like what you said and what you want more of, what you want less of. And uh, Chris loves to nerd out on the data. I've been teaching him how to analyze the data around like different responses. And he really loves to dig through those different types of pieces of feedback to help us get better. Right, Chris? I love the feedback because what that does is it it helps us create a better podcast show for you. And Absolutely. You, and you are the reason why we do this show. We don't do it for us. We don't get paid. Actually, we kind of do it for us too. Well, uh, yeah, but... Just for the two of us because it's like our therapy. It, yeah, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, it is. She's, she's right. It is. But what I'm saying is we love the data. We love hearing from you guys what you like, what you love about the show. And gals. And gals, not being exclusive. Anybody, <laughs> you know, generally speaking. Yeah. So if you could fill that out, that would be amazing. We love that so much. Absolutely. And so where can they find the link for that survey? I'm going to attach it to the website as soon as possible. But as of right now, on this episode you're listening to right now on your phone. On right now. On your phone, live. So check it out. In the show notes, yes. I will put the link for this survey. It's going to be in the show notes and I will drop it on social media, Twitter, awesome. Instagram, all that good stuff. And I will attach it to the website. But right now you're going to be first in line yay, to win the prize. So definitely check out our survey. We're so excited to bring this to you. And again, on behalf of Chris and I, thank you so much for listening to us and for providing us feedback and for following our journey. And we hope that this episode was really helpful for you, whether you're considering a career change or you've been on the fence, or maybe you just don't even know how to break into the industry that you're really interested in. We just wanted to give you some tips and tools. We know COVID has been a long haul for so many of us, but we wanted to give you a little bit of a bright light at the end of the tunnel to help you get into your next exciting adventure. Right, Chris? Go get them, kids. You, got, <laughs> you, you earned it. You did. And we are rooting for you. If there's anything we can do, definitely reach out. If we can help you with interview support or anything like that, Chris and I are here for it. That's right. You can find us at www.chrisandchristineshow.com. And that's Chris and Christine with K's. And we'll see you guys next week. Remember this week that life is too short to wake up in the morning with regret. So love the people who treat you right, forget about the ones who don't, and believe that everything happens for a reason. If you get a chance, take it. If it changes your life, let it. Nobody said that it would be easy. They just promised it would be worth it. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Chris. And I'm Christine. And until next week, keep moving forward. <laughs>